0: Welcome to The Crystal Payne Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mom of six kids, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of The Crystal Pain Show. Today's topic is sort of a fun one, and <laughs> Jess, Jesse doesn't even know how it's actually going to go down because I just told him before we went live that we're going to be talking about how to get your spouse on board with your idea. And I thought it would be really fun to just spring this on him to get him on board with this idea of what we're talking about. Actually, it's going to be a little bit different than people are maybe thinking. Maybe
1: it's answering. Than what I'm thinking.
0: Yes, maybe so. It's answering the question that I have been getting so much recently people writing and saying, I want to get on a budget, but how do I get my husband to get on my budget? Or how do I get my husband to change his spending pattern? How do I get my wife to stop spending so much money? How do I help my husband change and become more frugal? Again and again and again. I've been getting messages asking this, and so we're gonna address it. But maybe not in the way that people are thinking. But you'll have to wait because first we have some other things to talk about. Jesse, I am really grateful tonight to be alive and unhurt. I just got out of the car. From driving with our second driver, and she's 15, and I think she's only been behind the wheel four times. Two of them were last night and tonight with me.
1: Well, I think it's been a little bit more than four times.
0: Well, it was interesting because whenever you started teaching Catherine how to drive, Mm -hmm. you took her out multiple times until you felt like she was pretty comfortable behind the wheel before Mm -hmm. then I started driving with her as well. And we found with her, it was just really great for us to tag team kind of teaching her how to drive. Mm -hmm. You taught her all of the, I don't know what the proper terminology, I was going to say the technology, the uh, nuts and bolts, like how the car works. Whereas I kind of feel like I'm the you're the head and I'm the heart. So mm-hmm. I taught her more about
1: this is the spirit behind the speed limit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it was like tonight with Caitlin pulling into the driveway, me saying, You're going to go really slow in the driveway because, and then giving her all the reasons a child could dart out or, you know, sure. just talking about that. And so I, I was also talking to her about anticipating what another car might do. And mm-hmm. and so important. I feel like that there's a lot of things that I maybe psychoanalyze or think about more than you do. You're just you just drive and you're more of a mm-hmm. risk taker when it comes to driving.
1: Did you talk about turn lanes? What
0: do you what, mean what about What is turn a turn lanes? lane and
1: what is not a turn lane? And I
0: actually last how you night don't
1: make your own turn lane.
0: Last night I did talk to her about how I always hug the side and and how dad does not like me doing that because he wants me to be right in the lines. But I would rather be a safe distance away from the other car than follow those lines perfectly. Um, this is only, now people are going to be confused. They're going to think that I don't know. I'm talking about when there's like a very wide shoulder. I will tend to, if I'm turning, kind of go over. And is, isn't that, wouldn't that be called the shoulder?
1: Yeah, it, yeah. we have a very weird intersection there's a very, what it's, it's a weird shape as well. And a lot of times people cut through that wide shoulder slash kind of turns into a median and make their own turn lane when there's actually a turn lane there, but
0: it's a very
1: sharp angled turn.
0: So, yeah. So we, we drive differently, mm-hmm. but very us. Together, teaching a child how to drive, I think, actually gives them maybe a more holistic viewpoint or a lot of things. And they can kind of figure out their own way that they're going to approach driving Mm -hmm. long term. But we give them different perspectives on things. And so, anyway, you haven't been able to go out driving with her as much. And she's been wanting to drive more. And so, Mm -hmm. I just last night, we did a parking lot. And tonight, we did in our neighborhood. And I was... (laughs) It's like, oh, for one of those driver's ed brakes on the side, you know, how the driver's ed, the driver's ed cars, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the instructors actually have a brake on really? their side. That's what I heard. You can mean, just
1: put put some brakes there and where so it makes, it, it makes you feel there, like you're doing something. There
0: were a few times where I was doing the pretend <laughs> break and like bracing myself on the car, but I try to keep, I try to be very, very calm wow. And it's funny, she did, it is, she did you, you really guys well. have the
1: same personality. So it's actually pretty hilarious the way, what she's putting you through.
0: But she she drove. I mean, she's driving very well. It's just when they're brand new and you're like, there are right. cars coming. There are cars behind us. And is she going to anticipate? Do I need to say something or do I wait? You know, mm-hmm. how calm do I need to be? When do I need to be like, stop? You know, so anyway, but she, she did great. But I'm very grateful that. I am now on solid ground again. (laughs) I think you're gonna, I'm gonna let you take a few turns. Also, I have been doing this series on Instagram. It actually was inspired by the podcast, and that is on the podcast, we're always talking about what's saving our life. And so people started asking, could I do that on Instagram as well? Hmm. And so I kind of have themes for each day of the week on Instagram that I loosely follow. And Wednesday, I had had this idea that I was gonna do and I did it for a few weeks and it just kind of fell flat. So I was coming up with another idea and someone was like, why don't you do what I'm loving Wednesday? And so I started doing that, kind of inspired from the podcast and people are loving it. And so no pun intended. I, yes. Okay. But I have a highlight on Instagram. That's the little like, circle at the top for people who aren't familiar with Instagram very much. It's a little circle bubble at the top. Circle bubble. Um, circle at the top of my Instagram profile. I'm the money saving mom on Instagram. And you can click on there and see what I've talked about the last few weeks. But one thing that I talked about Actually, I'm going to share two things that I talked about this week. Um, one was tea time with Kirsten. And so every day we've been just sitting down and having tea time. And we had been doing her preschool. I've talked about that some on here. She's doing, we did preschool for My Father's World. Now we're doing pre-K for My Father's World. Loving it. Um, although I did like the preschool better. Pre-K, I'm not enjoying it quite as much. It's so good. She really enjoys it. But we added on having tea time. I don't really know where it came from. I think just one day I was like, oh, there's my teapot and um, I should do that with her. And she loved it, like ate it up and then kept asking, when can we have tea? When can we have tea time? And so Mm -hmm. we just made it a daily or almost daily practice and she looks forward to it so much. And I think it's the getting to just pour, she just pours the tea into the different cups and then pours it back into the teapot. And But I got her this little tea set and it is so cute. And she just loves it so much. But the thing is, is then the whole time she's doing that, she's listening to me. And so it makes it this Mm. special experience for her that she gets really excited about. But then also her hands are busy because she's pouring the tea And stirring the tea and adding the milk and sugar. And then she's listening to me talk to her about the preschool things and read the stories and ask the questions. And she's been picking up so much from the Bible stories, from what we're talking about. And I'm recognizing just that she's listening a lot better because of tea time. Mm -hmm. And so eventually, if you're familiar with homeschooling, a lot of Um, Families will call it circle time or morning time. And that's kind of what it'll morph into is what I'm thinking. But for now, her preschool doesn't take longer than usually 20-ish minutes. And then we do a lot of learning from life. And so it's perfect timing for that. Um, The tea set that I got for her, I can link in the show notes. It's actually no longer available, but Amazon has a bunch of very similar ones. Um, I would just recommend that you possibly look into getting one that looks like it's glass but it's not because we've already broken a plate and the other thing about it is that the one that we have the lid on the teapot does not have a little lip on it to hold it in so when you pour it the lid just falls off and so that's been frustrating to her and I've been trying to teach her how you hold your finger on there while you pour but that's kind of You know, that, that requires multiple skills and thinking of that and everything. But anyway, it's been such a great investment. It was, I don't know, $20 or something, and she's used it so, so much. Another thing that I talked about that I'm loving that is also the book that I'm reading right now, it is by Felicia Masonheimer, and it is her book called Every Woman a Theologian. I've talked on the podcast about the Bible Project um, seminary classes that I went through multiple classes with a group of women from our church and just loved being challenged and just really thinking and digging into the Greek and Hebrew roots of different passages of the Bible and all that. But I have heard from so many people saying, kind of, I want to do something like that. Where should I start? And this book. Every Woman a Theologian by Felicia Masonheimer is really a great starting place for that. She goes through a lot of basic tenets of Christianity, a lot of basic theology, and explains it in terms that I feel like even someone who's not really theologically minded or had a lot of, you know, seminary background or taken a lot of bible classes or something, you can understand it and it just really causes you to think about what you believe, why you believe it and how it affects your everyday life because truly theology matters. Like mm-hmm. what we believe about God shapes the way that we live our life. And so having that solid foundation, knowing what we believe is really important. And I think I'm 5 chapters into the book and so far I've just really enjoyed it and it's caused me to have some conversations especially I think with having teenagers um, Catherine and I were just having a conversation a few days ago about one of the topics in there, and she explained it so much better than I did. And so I think it would also be a great resource. One of my um, followers said that they're actually going to go through it with their 16-year-old, which I thought would be really great to go through this type of book with your kids as they mm-hmm. get older so then they understand more basic theology and you can talk about and why they believe what they believe, how it impacts their life. So we'll link to that in the show notes. Jesse, what are you reading right now?
1: Just finished up a book called um, Leadership as an Identity.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's by Crawford Loritz. I've had the book for a long time. I don't remember where I got it from, but uh, one of the things that is beneficial about 75 Hard that I'm doing is it's getting me back into reading. And Getting <laughs> me back into reading nonfiction books because it has to be a nonfiction book. So I'm uh, just going through some old books on my bookshelf that I've had for a while, and I pulled that one off. And it's a book about uh, Christian leadership and what is a biblical leader and leading from that perspective. So that was it. It was a good read.
0: Speaking of 75 hard, what number of day are you on right now? Do you I know? I think
1: I just finished up
0: 20. Wow. Let
1: me check. So a third of the way done. Oh, nope. I'm wrong. What? I'm on day 29 right now.
0: Oh, well that's even better. Yep. That's even a little bit more than a third. Um, So I haven't talked about this anywhere online because I was kind of waiting until I actually am following through with it. Cause I didn't know if it would actually be realistic, but I've been doing 75 hard as well. And I, I'm on day 11, I believe. Yes, day 11. Um, I made my own modified version because I felt like I wanted to set something up that was going to challenge me mm-hmm. and push me, but also not overwhelm me or feel unrealistic. And so on 75 Hard, you're supposed to do 45 minutes of a workout indoors on 45 minutes of a workout outdoors outdoors. So that's an hour and a half of working out, which right now, just in my season of life, that's a kind of a bigger commitment that I felt like I could prioritize well mm-hmm. without it causing me to feel pressured, or maybe that I would end up staying up really late right. working out and, it would and
1: harm other areas yes. of your life.
0: And so instead of that, I just decided to basically say one workout indoors, one workout outdoors. And, um, somewhere between 10 to 20 minutes each. And so usually the indoors workout is, um, I'm doing the Mayhem Nation, Mayhem Moms workout, which typically there's are somewhere between, I would say it's usually around 10 to 16 minutes mm-hmm. of a workout. And then, um, and it's usually something that like really get your heart rate up and challenges you, but it's like fast and then um, you're done. And um, then the outdoors workout, I'm just taking a walk with the kids, usually Mm -hmm. pushing the stroller. And it's just been so good. So I'm doing that. And then um, for the diet, just hitting 90 grams of protein every day. So I'm tracking it on MyFitnessPal. And then you also set up my macros and calorie count. And so basically just that I hit the protein Try to mostly hit. The protein is the only one that I have to hit, and then I'm just tracking mm-hmm. fats and carbs and then not going over a certain calorie count, which honestly, that hasn't been. The protein has been the one that just is pushing me a little bit that I'm yeah. having and to. And that's
1: like- oftentimes the case, So especially in the American diet. Fat and carbs are really easy to get. Mm-hmm. Protein, not so much.
0: Well, and I just found that I feel so much better when I regularly eat more protein mm-hmm. Um, If I am just eating carbs, which I find that that's what I will gravitate towards, uh, you know, piece of fruit and whole wheat bread, you know, that type of thing is stuff that I just gravitate towards. And it's not bad stuff, but then I will be so hungry Mm -hmm. within an hour or two. Whereas if I eat good protein, you know, at least three or four times a day, then I am just not at all as hungry. Mm And
1: fats and protein are more satiating than
0: carbs. Yeah. So I just am feeling more energetic and just overall, I feel like just healthier because of that. And then the other thing is to drink a gallon of water. So I used to drink a gallon of water and that I got off track with that because of pregnancy and just water tasting gross while I was, you know, especially in the first trimester. And so I've been getting back to that and that has been... Great for me as well. I feel like my skin has been better because of that. Mm-hmm. And then um the other thing is the 10 pages of a nonfiction book, which I've been prioritizing to do first thing in the morning. And I find that then it's pretty simple to get that done if you're kind of doing it as one of the very first things that you do in the day. So I didn't miss anything, right? It's just the two workouts. I think you get everything. Yeah. Well, and then they say no well, cheat meals, no alcohol. Yeah. But that is not That's not a challenge for me because for me, the no cheat meals, is just that I'm not going to go over the calorie count and that hasn't been an issue as well. The thing that I have discovered is that I'm not eating enough calories. And so it's challenged me to actually eat more Mm -hmm. because I'm nursing. And so I realized, oh, I need to be fueling my body more. And so it's been really good to track my calories to recognize, oh, I got to be, I need to be (laughs) eating more um, because I thought I was eating a lot more calories than it's, I was.
1: It's really a, a mindset shift when you look in, at, at food instead of as something that you just do, but you look at it as fuel to energize your day.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm still one of those kind of 80-20 people though, mm-hmm. where I feel like eighty percent, 80% of it being really you know, good fuel and 20% just being, I guess we call it fun fuel, (laughs) you know, like the M&Ms or the peanut butter cups or the, um, you know, just even homemade treats, that sort of thing. Yes. And I feel like that when you kind of, when I'm tracking it, then I'm making sure that, okay, 80% of my diet is this really good fuel. And, but then it's like, great to know, oh, but I can also have these treats in moderation and enjoy them. And it's not going to mess up
1: Mm -hmm.
0: this, you know, I'm still going to be fueling my body. Well, some people would disagree with me on that, but I feel good. So we're going to go with it. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would you maybe go for a run or take a nap or read a book or get together with a friend? Well, I know that a lot of people I talk to wish that they had time to better their spiritual, emotional physical health. And one way that you can do that is through therapy. I am a huge fan of therapy because in our home, it has been something that has made a major, major difference in the way that we approach life, in the way that we think, in the way that we raise our kids, in helping our kids and ourselves to have better emotional language around how we're feeling and not let our feelings just come out sideways as anger. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I would recommend giving BetterHelp a try because it's entirely online. You don't have to leave your home. And get this, you don't have to go out searching for a therapist. Not only is it convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule because it's online, but you go to BetterHelp and fill out a questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. And also, if that isn't a good fit, you can switch therapist at any time for no additional charge. It's time to make time for something that is going to feed your soul and help you to become stronger and healthier as a person, not only emotionally and spiritually and mentally, but also I think there's going to be a trickle down effect physically too. Visit betterhelp.com/crystalpain today and you're going to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp h e l p.com/crystalpain. Are you ready to turn your home into a sanctuary of productivity and inspiration? Look no further than HomeThreads, where functionality meets stylish organization. At HomeThreads.com, you'll discover furniture designed for the ambitious go-getter, From efficient workstations to chic storage solutions, they've got everything you need to make your home a hub of success. I got to order from HomeThreads and I think of them pretty much every single day because I have this beautiful tree that I ordered from them and this stand in my office and it just adds the perfect touch and I love it so much. If you'd like to order from HomeThreads, head over to homethreads.com forward slash crystal and get a code for 15% off your order. Because where your home supports your dreams, anything is possible. That's HomeThreads.com forward slash crystal to get 15% off. HomeThreads, love where you live. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-use styles. I got to try out armoire and I was so impressed. I've tried a few other clothing rental services in the past few years and this one by far has been my favorite. Not only did I love taking the style quiz because it was really enlightening and insightful to me to figure out what my style is. And it kind of helped me to refine some things that I didn't realize before. I'm more of a classic style, by the way. But also, I was super impressed with what they curated for me to pick from for my case that they would send to me. And I have to tell you, So I got the armoire case in the mail, which is just a fancy way of saying the bag of clothes that they sent to me. And I have loved every single one. In fact, I'm wearing one pair of jeans that they sent me yesterday. I wore jeans and a sweater that they sent to me. And I have just been so surprised how they nailed my style, nailed my size, and have sent me clothes that I have loved. So they have so many different clothes to choose from, so many different styles and sizes. And I love that they're all very high quality. If you would like to try out armoir, right now my listeners can give armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit Armoire Style forward slash crystal. That's Armoire Style A R M. O-I-R-E dot style slash crystal to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry what to wear again. Try armoire today. All right. How to get your spouse on board with your idea. Like I said, lots of people writing in, asking me, especially when it comes to budgeting. I feel like that's the one that I hear from moms a lot, um, with my site, mom.com, especially when they sign up for my email newsletter. So I have this um, 10 ways to catch your issue bill by $50 this week freebie on moneysavymom.com you can sign up for. It. And when you sign up for that, one of the emails that you're going to get in response from me over the course of the first few days There's a series of emails that you'll get to kind of just welcome you and, you know, introduce me and all that. Well, I say, what's your greatest financial struggle or something like that? What are you struggling with? And I can't tell you how many people write in and say, um, my husband, (laughs) like getting him on board with a budget, getting my husband to not overspend, getting my husband to be willing to, um, stick with the budget, getting my husband to, um, you know, not just to be willing to save money on and Mm -hmm. on and on on it goes. And so,
1: you know, I thought about something when you were saying that question that somebody that is asking that quite or answering that it's their husband is what is something that your husband is trying to get you to do that you're not
0: doing? Oh, yeah. Well, we're going to be talking about that because someone then wrote in and yesterday, I think it was, and it was basically like, how do I change my husband? And I wrote back to them, and I said, "You stop trying to change them. Like, if you want to see change, the the worst thing to do is to nag, to um, complain, to um, call it out in a really judgmental, critical way, to constantly be harping on it. Um, that is not." how you're going to encourage someone to change. And so we're going to talk about what you should do instead. And I have three C's for you. They actually all start with C-O-M because I like alliteration. So first off, compassion. I think it's so easy for us to jump to wanting the results, to having this agenda that we miss, just having empathy, for the person, whether it's our spouse, whether it's our friend, whether it's someone that is a coworker, you know, anyone that we wish that we could change them. It could be our child. It could be our adult child. You know, that we wish we could change them. We go to where we want them to change instead of really sitting there and thinking, you know, understanding why they are the way that they are. I feel like so often... We carry baggage from our past. We carry um, hurts, heartache, stresses, fears, that it's all tied up in things from our past. And so when we try to get someone to change, when we don't really empathize with them first, we basically are just slamming the door, putting a wedge in our relationship. And so starting with compassion, and really listening. And so I I just picture, you know, leaning in and listening and asking why. You know, why is that important to you but not in a critical, judgmental um questioning sort of way, but like in a I really want to understand. Like asking to understand and then really listening. And this is something that I struggle with. It's something that I've worked really hard on. I remember Jesse. I think it was before we were even married. Is this accurate? That my dad asked you what, like, are the areas of what my are life
1: your strengths and weaknesses?
0: Yes. And what did you say for the weakness? Well, we don't have to list them all, but I'm...
1: opinionated, um, oh. strong. <laughs> wait, wait. This was um, okay. I was just it, getting you know, that oh, one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I remember that you said that I am not a compassionate person. Or no, something.
1: yes, that is very and,
0: true. And my parents would definitely agree with you, that.
1: You have developed compassion since we've been married.
0: I feel like motherhood has helped me to have more compassion. Not
1: towards me, but to the kids.
0: <laughs> and hopefully it's leaked out a little bit into other relationships. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm I'm saying this, like I'm preaching to myself, that leading with compassion and empathy. So instead of asking you know being frustrated at your husband because he's spending spending all this money let's dig into the why of just really getting to mm-hmm. understand him because i think for a lot of people they maybe didn't have great examples maybe they actually truly enjoy spending money maybe it's the kind of thing of they grew up really poor And now there's more wiggle room. And so they want to, they're like, I don't ever want to go back there. It's and so it's like how they're combating their fear is by spending money.
1: Maybe it's therapeutic to spend money.
0: Yeah. So all these things that it could be. And so instead of just jumping to the judgment, let's lead with compassion. Secondly, communication. And so I feel like this really goes hand in hand. But I actually, when I shared on Instagram. A little synopsis of this today. I started with communication. And then as I was thinking through it more, I realized I think if we start with compassion, that's going to lend itself to much better communication. That's going to open up the door for someone to be willing to communicate. Cause I also hear from a lot of women, they're mm-hmm. like, he won't talk to me. He won't tell me. You know, I don't, I don't really know how to get through to him. And I feel like compassion is how you get your foot on the door to relationship, to deeper communication, to building trust so that someone's going to feel free to actually share because they feel like they're not being judged and criticized. They are being heard. And when someone feels heard, they tend to want to be willing to share more. So communication looks like really listening and then Asking follow-up questions and then listening some more and then being willing to share your heart, but not in a condescending way, but being honest. You know, we've talked about this on the podcast in previous episodes of saying, I'm sure this is not what you've meant by this, but when this happens, this is how it makes me feel. And that's my own thing that I need to work on, but I just want you to hear that that's how it makes me feel and I'd love to know what am I doing that is making you feel unheard, unloved, scared, criticized, condemned, whatever it is um you know being open then to receive that as well, like Jesse, you were talking in the beginning of what is it that they want you to get on board with you know so opening up the channels of communication so that you can both share your hearts but from that place of compassion
1: and what i was thinking while you were sharing this was be so careful that you're not doing it just for the purpose of manipulating it because you could if you have the end goal saying yeah i really want them to change in this area so i'm going to open up communication And be compassionate so that I can get that end result. Um, That's being manipulating.
0: Well, and my third point is compromise. So compromise is not, for me at least, not saying, you know, how can I get them to come over on my board? Like, I'm going to give a little bit so then they'll come over and be on my board with me, you know, be on board with me. It's creating a brand new board, both of you together with that compassion, with that communication. And you're going to create this brand new board that both of you are going to get on together. That it's not his board or her board, it's your board together. It's like you creating this new plan together. And I think of for us, that's looked like, you know, I am much more the saver, you're much more the spender. But the longer that we've been married, I feel like more and more, we're both kind of spavers, mm-hmm. you know? It's mm-hmm. like we both care about saving and we both realize that spending is also something that we can enjoy. And I think you've come become much more of a saver and I've become much more of a spender because we've both rubbed off on one another in a mm-hmm. really great way. And so in the early years of marriage, it was really hard for me because anytime I would see you spending money, I would struggle with being judgmental, feeling scared, feeling like that's not in the budget and all of that. And we had to come to this place of compromise of recognizing that for us, we needed to have blow categories. And that was something that gave us so much freedom in our marriage, in our budget, when we set aside money that you could spend however you wanted to, and I could spend however I wanted to, and we each have our own separate blow categories. It's not like, here's the blow category and both of us gets to pull out of it. No, you have yours, I have mine. And for years, it just, I feel like it took so much pressure off of you. And it also gave me the ability to just Not worry about it because I knew that you were spending from your blow category. And so it was just a gift that we gave to each other by creating that compromise. Because if it was all up to me, I would be like, we don't need blow categories. Like, let's just stick with the budget. Mm -hmm. But if it was all up to you, I mean, I don't know what, if it was all up to you, I feel like you probably would want to spend more in certain categories or something. So compromise, that's what it looked like. And it Mm -hmm. looked like kind of creating something new instead of, you know, me convincing you to come to my plan or Mm -hmm. you convincing me to come over to your plan. It was us creating a new plan together.
1: Right. And I think that that is a key word throughout this whole discussion. And that is, together. And I don't think that you realize necessarily what you were doing here with coming up with these three words, but all three of them have the prefix of come. And that's the Latin prefix for together. So
0: I totally I mean I planned this so because I'm real smart like
1: I'm, that. I'm sure. So it's it's almost like coming together a, a three-legged stool in a way. You know, so that that creates that soundness and stability that you can rely
0: on. Mm. Well, and I'd love to hear from you because I know I did spring this on you, but I wanted yes, I wanted to hear instead of us talking about it ahead of time. I wanted to hear mm-hmm. your like real honest thoughts and pushback on this and I'd love to know as I've shared this compassion, communication, compromise like for you because you have a very different personality than me. Does that do you feel like those things does that work? you
1: in this discussion for something coming together where it it is a topic for both of you to be on the same page for yes now if it's you're trying to get them to do something that might be beneficial just for them personally no not necessarily i was thinking that for instance you're working out following mayhem programming or even doing 75 hard, like what we talked about. I didn't talk to you about that. I didn't tell you I'd like you to start. I thought about it. I thought, yeah, she'd enjoy that. I just did it myself and was quiet. And then you thought, oh, I think it's a good idea. I'm going to do it. So just be an example and showing it how something is good for you. And beneficial to you and then your spouse sees the benefits but that's it's that's not necessarily kind of the same situation where you're supposed to be on the same page for the benefit of the whole family that's more of uh, a person-by-person basis
0: but no but i think that's i think that that's really wise because ultimately the only person we can change is us Mm -hmm. and so if your spouse never changes You know, you lead with compassion and you try to communicate and you want to compromise and they're over there like, nope, not not going to get, you know, we're not going to create our own new board. I don't want to do anything with you. Well, that's a whole nother set of problems there, but you can only control and change you. And so if you start working on you, you're going to benefit from it regardless. And so if you stop spending so much time and energy trying to change your spouse and you put all of that energy into changing you, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: no matter what happens in your marriage, no matter what your spouse does long-term, you're going to reap the benefits. And it's going to be so much more productive for you to focus on changing you. And like you said, I feel like it does oftentimes inspire them. Now, I mm-hmm. would say, do not do it.
1: Exactly. Don't be you manipulative. Know, from this right.
0: perspective of, well, I'm going to go over here and I'm going to do this because, you know, like I was thinking, you know, you say, I'm going to do 75 hard and they're just so lazy and, I, you know, and you're constantly talking about doing it. And, and in this very um, condescending, prideful, condescending manner. Mm-hmm. No, you do it for you because you want to grow as a person or whatever it is that you're wanting to focus on, whether that's getting healthier, whether that is getting emotionally healthier, whether that's getting spiritually healthier, whether that is, you know, working on building skill sets, that sort of thing, whatever it is, do it for you not to, in a backhanded way, try to change your spouse.
1: Right. Right. Well, and then your children will also see the benefits Mm -hmm. as well. You lead by influence, not by lording it over.
0: Mm -hmm. So how do you get your spouse on board with your idea? You stop trying to change them. You stop putting your time and effort and energy into trying to get them on board. You stop being frustrated with them over the fact that they're not changing. They're not coming over to your opinion and your side of the room, your side of the aisle, whatever it is, and you lead with compassion. You communicate from that space of compassion and ultimately, hopefully, get to a place where you both can compromise. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com.